Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the co-founder of Divisio, D-U-V-I-S-I-O, the all-new affiliate network for people in all niches. We have got a fantastic show lined up for everybody today. We have my partner and co-founder in Divisio, Jack Humphrey, joining us. Hello, Jack. Hello. Well, I am so glad to finally be back after being on the road for two weeks. Oh, my God. <clears throat> yes. And isn't it funny how email and demands and everything else, they just don't quit because you were gone for two weeks. Your, uh, no, they really do. Your email box must have been interesting to look at yesterday. Uh, I still haven't gotten through even half of it. <laughs> well, uh, well. I will let you we'll take a little honors of introducing our guest while I go take a peek at my email box again. <laughs> my pleasure. Today we have Laura West. And Laura has helped thousands of entrepreneurs create successful businesses filled with passion, creativity, and real success. Laura is a creativity strategist, creative success coach, and the founder of the Center for Joyful Business at joyfulbusiness.com. Laura, welcome. Thanks for being here today. Hi, thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Well, you should because this is just the coolest show you've ever been on before. I'm totally confident of that. <laughs> That's what I heard. I heard this was the place to be. <laughs> yeah, it, you you don't hear it from anybody but us, but still, you did technically hear that. So, <laughs> how are you doing? I, 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 well, I like to start every show with what's exciting for you right now. There's an awful lot of stuff that you do. I didn't mention like a tenth of what you actually do, what you're involved in, and everything. And I always like to start everybody else, everybody off with uh, what gets you out of bed today. What what made you excited to rejoin the world today? Well, let's see. Besides coming on your show today. <laughs> yes, aside from the obvious, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I'm actually at a networking event here in Atlanta, where I live, and um, it's all about speaking. And so I'm really excited to be here because there's all these really wonderful creative entrepreneurs. So it's, um, you know, that was really fun and exciting to get out of bed and just meet new people, get new ideas. You know, I love the stimulation of new ideas and, and seeing what people are up to in the world. So that got me really excited today. Now, you're not just at a marketing event or a networking event and just doing stuff that people would assume you do, that they do when they go to those. You do something kind of neat that uh, I think you need to tell people about. Is that the InfoDoodle murals? Can you tell us more about what you do at these events? Sure, I do. I do. I'm not doing that at this event today. But one of the things Oh, come on. I'm setting you up perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But uh, got to be truthful. The, um, <laughs> one of the things that I do, I call them InfoDoodle murals. And these are like eight-foot, big, giant pieces of paper that um, I bring out my colorful markers and chalks and uh, maybe some paints even. And um, while a speaker is speaking, like a keynote speaker or even a workshop presenter, 
and I will capture their sound bites, you know, the really salient points through doing infodoodles, you know, these little um, capturing keywords um, and then putting little doodles with them. And it's a really fun and interactive way for the audience to stay engaged. I mean, they love to see what I'm going to capture next and make sure they've got some good notes too. Um, and, yeah. you know, so, so many of us are stimulated by that visual learning, so it's really, um, really works well together. So that people understand what you're talking about a little bit more, the way uh, the way I view it and what it looked like to me, I think mm-hmm. it was at NAMS that I, yeah. I, I saw you and, and doing your thing for the first time for me. And it, it's like those hand-drawn video kinds of things where people are – or presentations that – um, just uh, like Prezi. It reminded me a lot about like Prezi. If anybody's yeah. ever used that, it, it's not a linear um, PowerPoint that just goes from a slide to a slide. It just moves all over the page, and there's a different – you can do anything there and uh, you know, with hand-drawn stuff or graphics of any kind or written material. And it kind of reminded me of that. And you just fill up a whole giant sheet and then just rip out another giant sheet for – is it per speaker that you do a sheet? Uh, yeah, depending on what the event is. So I will do it per speaker if there's multiple speakers and they're not connected. Sometimes I'll do them for like a team meeting if we're doing visioning. So it might be one long um, sheet that you know encompasses the vision for the day or strategies for the day. I think that you've done a brilliant job of keeping your inner child alive and calling it business <laughs> and work. What That's a masterful the, stroke. That is the Center for Joyful Business, right? It's all about, you know, keeping your joy alive and doing what you love and making great money at it and helping people. Tell me how, from your perspective, you get people to believe you that it's even possible to have a business with all the things that anybody's got a little bit, an intermediate business person, entrepreneur, with a little bit of success um, and more coming, the momentum's really picking up and everything, they have a hard time sometimes of connecting the word joyful to what they do. <laughs> because mm-hmm. things are getting really, really crazy. Orders are coming in. Lots of things that pe- nobody ever told them was going to come up in business are now coming up. What do you tell people like that to keep them on an even keel? Well, to me, that's exactly what the joy is all about. So your business mm-hmm. is growing like that, and, yeah, there's things going on. There's always stuff that you don't like or it's not fun, or maybe it's just a lot. You know, it's kind of overwhelming. To me, you mm-hmm. can come back. you can come back to your joy. Like, what does bring you happiness? You know, what, what makes you smile? What makes you feel good in the moment? to help you be more resourceful and resilient um, when all this stuff is going on all around you and it becomes overwhelming. So that's actually why I originally started my business, was um, with the idea that there was another way of being in business that you could build from, that you didn't have to constantly be chasing after and just putting out fires and hating life but hoping mm-hmm. to make money, but, you know, that you actually could enjoy the process and um, that when you, studies have shown that when you build on joy, that when you feel joyful, you actually are more creative, you're more innovative, so you can find you know, more creative solutions to your problems. You have more confidence, so you're more likely to call that potential client um, you know, and have that conversation. So joy is actually uh, really, to me, it's a power tool. And you're not looking from without you know, the business. Like uh, You're not talking necessarily about 
being, you know, having a whole bunch of uh, audios and podcasts loaded up in your personal time for self uh, development and things. You're talking about the joy being derived from right within the business. Yeah, and the things well, that you do in the business. Well, it's both, you know, because for most of the people I work with, you know, and well, for all of us, right, we bring ourselves to work no matter what kind of business you have. So feeding you and really knowing what brings you joy, whether it's personally in your business, you know, it's not separating the two, is going to make you feel good. So even I did a study one time for an article that was in a, a magazine called Motto Magazine, and it was about passion, purpose, and profits. And I did a research study where I interviewed 40 different people and asked them, what, you know, did they have a joy ritual, something that brought them uh, joy in the day? And overwhelming, 90% of the people said it was their morning cup of coffee that they had when they woke up, when they got into the office, um, when they were watching the sunrise. And just that cup of coffee and the warmth and just the ritual of it had them feel more centered have them feel more grounded, and, you know, then you're going to feel more resourceful and ready for the day. Yeah. You know, another thing in your show notes here that takes up in a massive amount of density and keyword uh, space is creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that a lot of people feel exactly the way you do about the role that creativity plays in business. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. I, you know, I think people call it by other names. Um, and they don't really, you know, when they hear the word creativity, a lot of people think artistic. And what I'm really talking mm-hmm. about is about um, creative ideas, um, creative solutions, because we all need that throughout our day. You know, if we're creating mm-hmm. an article, you know, an article, a blog post, we're getting ready to, you know, do our video and the lighting is off, you know, we've got to get creative about where we're putting our light or our camera. Um, to me, it's about being resourceful in the moment and being able to come up with creative solutions, creative ideas, um, and even creative expression. You know, that's a place I go into a lot with my clients, is really being willing to tell your story and put your unique, authentic personality, what I call your personal brand essence, out there into the world, into whatever it is you're creating. So whether it's a program, whether it's an article, um, it's an event, you are creating an experience for people, and that's full of creativity, you know. And I think mm-hmm. people, you know, I think people sometimes think creativity is reserved for those kind of genius level, you know, artists. When actually we're being creative with everything that we design, put together, and offer throughout the day. Well, maybe a good example of that is uh, from a creative group, musicians. They are creative in the sense that they. They create art. They create music. But they're also creative when they figure out in this landscape today how to make money as a band. The business side of it, they've had to be incredibly creative to figure out, you know, because you don't get signed to Sony Records with million-dollar deals anymore. Typically, mm-hmm. unless, you're really, unless you're already popular on YouTube, or, and that's the creativity part. When, exactly. when the whole industry shifted, these unknowns, I mean, I hate to mention his name or give him any more, but Justin Bieber was a YouTube star. And then he signed a deal because they couldn't ignore how many followers he had and how many people already loved him. So they bought him and they bought a built-in audience. And a lot of people picked up on that and were like, okay, here's how we can be creative about this. 
and know that the industry has changed, everything has changed, and that's how I think a great example of a of how creatives themselves be creative on a business side, and to elaborate on that point that you don't just mean that this is uh, that what you talk about and the kinds of people you help are just artists. You know yeah, that there's an art to business as well. Exactly. I think a great example. You're talking about Justin Bieber, um, the band Pentatonics, the acapella band that. Um, yep. They are just amazing, and they have done the same thing using YouTube. I mean, they've got national you know, notoriety as well, and they're touring, but a lot of it happened because of their creativity that they use with technology. So the creativity they use with YouTube and doing their videos um, is astounding, and people just can't help but watch them because they do it so differently. It's where the magic is for a lot of people is, you know, what can you do that's different that is creative, you know, that's kind of out of the box and not like everybody else. And I just think that this is one of the most important skills that's coming up for especially anybody who's marketing online because you've got to figure out how to stand out because it, the market is so saturated online. You know, we use emails for every teacher and football coach and, you know, every doctor and everything we have, the pharmacy, we're being inundated with emails. And so the way to stand out is to really find that creative expression that's unique to you. You know, whatever your your unique style, your voice, uh, your unique way of talking, um, you know, really your what I call your creative thought leadership is where this starts coming out and, um, you know, makes a big difference. So it's going to be the difference between somebody saying, uh, delete, <laughs> you know, or saying, wow, I want to see what this person has to say today. Yeah. So as the author of the popular Joyful Business Guide, are we talking about a lot of things that are in that work? You know, that work is – what that was my very first information product, and it's just kind of stood the test of time. But in there, it what I do is I use creative tools to help you get clear about your business. So um, And it also stimulates your creativity because I get you to get your markers out and your colored pencils and all that – and using different types of mind maps, you get really clear about who your ideal client is, you know, creating that avatar and that of your client. You create your vision story um, through a creative exercise. Um, you know, you create your marketing plan through all these different kind of side door methods for coming about, you know, getting, getting clear about your business. So I think it, it's something that um, – People have thought, you know, they have to sit down and it's really hard to do a business plan and, and things like that. When in fact, yeah. it can be fun. It can be fun. It can be creative. And when it's fun and creative, you're going to be excited about it. And then you're going to tell people about it. <laughs> and so that's going to help grow your business. I think it really has a lot to do with the difference between uh, my generation and millennials. Uh, it seems like you can just rattle off in a, in a list of things that people need, colored pencils, and that's just normal. You don't you don't have colored pencils back in my day. You don't have colored pencils. Business is black and white, and it's on a piece of paper, and it's verbally described in a very bland and in a way that I match with the, the millennials completely. <laughs> it was always horrible for me. It was always just like this is this just takes the joy out of my beautiful idea, and you know right. puts it under your heel and squashes it. I hate this. And then it was only really recently when people like you were, were like, you know what, we should have permission to do it this way. Let's get pencils out. Let's draw what we used to, you know, what we were told in college had to be in a business plan. Let's draw it out. Let's keep, you know, let's, let's be businesslike. 
let's get that job of what yes. a business plan was created to do done, but let's not kill the dream in the process of becoming, you know, to thinking about business. Is that agreeable to you, or do you want to edit that? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, actually, my background, I was VP of marketing for a Fortune 500 company, and we managed shopping centers around the country, and actually around the world. And I can tell you that I, I have done thousands, literally thousands of marketing plans and business plans that were like giant. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh my God, three to six inch doorstop <laughs> binders, <laughs> and and they took six weeks and contortions for everybody to complete, and then they were not really referred to again until the next year when you had to update it again, and it was such a torturous yeah. process. Um, and, you know, I learned a lot through that. Uh, it doesn't have to be that way. And, you know, there was some necessity there because we were presenting to uh, business owners and third-party management companies. But when you are, for most of us, you know, we don't have to present to a bank. We're not presenting to investors. You know, you might do it even, well, these days you would actually use more creativity to present to investors. But for yourself, why not break the rules and get out of the box and get yeah. your sticky notes out and your your colored pencils and papers and big flip chart papers and um, I do all my planning with my clients on sticky notes. We do this whole sticky note planning method, and um, you know because it reflects the the fluidity that we need in today's marketing plans. You know, it used to be you would create a marketing plan, and it did need to last you for the year. Now, whole new technologies are invented within the year that you didn't even know about when you created the marketing plan. You know, so sticky notes are a good yeah. thing. They work really well. <laughs> Yeah, right. In the time it takes most people to write that stodgy stuff, uh, other people are just innovating, right? And it just feels like that's the way the world has really started yeah. to come into its own, that people are yeah. creating really great things defying the rules that we grew up with. Like, And to this day, that those rules really want to impose themselves. There's always an advisor out there saying, you've got to do it this way because that's the way we've always done it. And I think that's also driving the innovation. It's like, no, we don't, and watch. I'm going to make it better than I even just said it was going to be, just because you said it couldn't be done because I didn't have this, this, or this lined up. I just see a wholesale rejection <laughs> of the old way of doing things, and it's really amazing to see. Yes, yeah, it's so funny you say that because um, I have realized lately that my clients are all renegades. That's what I've been calling them. And just sent out an email today about that, and it um, – they really are, like, they want to do it different. And it's almost, uh, you know, I can't stand it any longer. You know, I'm tired of being in black and white. I'm tired of being in the box. And it just doesn't work for me. It's not sustainable. It's not exciting me. And, you know, I think what's happening with today's world, there's so much overwhelm with technology and stress and busyness that we are craving passion and joy and to be excited. So I think that's also what you're oh, talking God. about. It's driving us. Yeah. It is driving us. Where in the world did adult coloring books come from, if not yes. for the reason that you just stated? I mean, we have adults yes. buying coloring books now. Yes, if that's not an everywhere. indication of what uh, what's happening, then I don't know what is. Yes, absolutely. I mean, they have taken the world by storm. They are, you know, 50 of them in Barnes & Noble everywhere you look. Yes. And it's a it's yeah. a perfect it's, you know it's a perfect example of that because it's, to me we're see it's like a rebound trend from all of the 
the technology and the um, constant busyness and the efficiency, you know, that we're that we're looking for. And then we need that rebound. We need to calm and soothe our nervous systems. And we need to have a mindful meditation process like coloring or intuitive painting or art journaling or all these different types of things or even gardening or, you know, um, baking and things like that um, so that we can, that's when we actually process the ideas. That's when the solutions come. You know, they always come, not not when you're sitting in your office staring at your computer. You know, they always come when you're, driving, when you're in the shower, when you're um, doing something else, you know, you're baking that cake, you're raking the yard, something like that. All the ideas always pour in. Yeah. Well, I'm going to break a rule here, a really big fat one, and I'm going to bring up uh, a Star Trek reference, which is really (laughs) like everybody's going, oh, God, here it goes. And I'm going to do it on Next Generation. And I just want everybody to remember the episode that they saw because they did this all the time. It was a formula in their writing. They'd visit a planet, and it was always—it was almost always a what some people now would describe as like a hippie planet, or a, everybody was really peaceful. It was almost like the entire planet was converted into a yoga retreat. People were painting, and the landscape was beautiful, and there's birds everywhere. And, and then the guys are always trying to figure out, well, what does this planet do to? survive and there's always something that's threatening their survival from without they have this perfect utopian society and everybody paints and colors and you know and then the question invariably comes up uh in direct ways and indirect ways how in the world do you guys have an economy how do people live how do you produce things and and i remember having a reaction to that storyline that plot line that always came up like yeah this is really I mean, somebody on staff is hoping that someday the world will turn into a place like that themselves. And that's why they wrote this, and that's why they like to write that kind of plot line, that there's a, there's a possibility that there would be a world something like that for us in our future. And then, you know, that's a lot of extrapolation, and it's a really old, old example to use Star Trek and everything, but mm-hmm. it sounds like that some of those writers are starting to get their wish. Does it seem like that to you? I mean, there's a lot of people who are are just defying just about the laws of physics almost in the way that they run their businesses, start their businesses, grow their businesses, how much they want to play, how much joy they require from that business in the running of it, or they won't even do it. And it seems like a sort of a new economy is building on, on that idea in lots of different parts of the world. Yes. Or yes, I'm totally I'm, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let me say this is, um, I, you know, I, you know, science. It's like we're always discovering new laws. You know, we're it's not done. You know, we're always discovering something new, making new discoveries, right? So to me, mm-hmm. it's like the law of physics is evolving. You know, so it's not that we're bucking, uh, you know, the old trends. Um, I think it starts out that way, but I think what we're really, truly finding underneath it all is that it works, you know, is that um, demanding joy from your business and doing things like uh, retreats together with your team and, um, you know, having people, you know, sending your clients, um, you know, creating experiences for your clients where you really appreciate them and, you know, things like that actually bring more joy and coming back to those studies, it makes you more resourceful, more innovative, more creative, more confident, more loyal, 
Um, so it's actually, to me, it's a creativity, it's a creative productivity tool, you know, and I think that yeah. to, to maybe the older generation, you know, and I straddle both, you know, that it's, it's kind of like, well, we never did it like this, and this is against the rules, and, you know, we're not supposed to get marked mm-hmm. out in the middle of a meeting. But it, it actually, it helps the create, you know, it, it helps creative creativity flow. It helps connection. It helps um, all of that. So I think people are, it might have started out as a reaction, you know, against, but I think they're finding that it's actually more efficient. I mean, that's where the whole birth of positive psychology is coming from. Um, Man, you are reading my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that to be fair to the older generations, they didn't know nearly as much about psychology and and how we're creative. I think that's what you were getting ready to point to, but it's, it's not all their fault. It's just that's what they had to work with at the time, and it's okay to reject that in light of new information. Yeah, well, and, you know, it actually worked for that period of time. You know, when um, that was the way society was set up, that was what was valued, uh, that kind of work got things done. It built bridges, it built buildings, it got us into space. You know, it did all sorts of amazing things. And now it's like we're having to take, you know, the world is just shifting so much, and those rules just don't work for people anymore giving so much that is shifting. And so, and now we do, we have more information, you know, we have information that there's a positive, that feeding our positive, not just calming down the negative, but feeding the positive actually has us being more resourceful and creative and um, productive. So is it your mission to reach people who have already arrived at this conclusion? So it's easier to start at that level with them, or do you uh, take people who are, and I know that the latter is not the former, the latter is what it is, because I think we have we are all infused at any given time with a belief set about how things ought to be done. That's something that people taught us in school or parents or uh, business work that we've done in the past just as employees or something, and, and we've always known, we've always held that belief system, and it's very hard and difficult to challenge it. So probably if it is the latter, if it is that situation, the kinds of people that you run into are some part of all of that and they're they're confused, they're kind of worried about trying to jump off and do something completely different. How do you take them from where you find them and um and expand their horizons and make them think that, you know, other things are okay. The other ways that they would really like to run their business, that's actually okay. How do you decommission people's old belief systems? Mhm. Um it's a couple things. You know, I have – there's kind of two groups that, you know, get attracted to what I'm talking about. There's people who are really comfortable with the right side of their brain, you know, who are usually kind of feeling more creative. They, um, and what they are wanting is a little more structure, but in a way that's not going to put them in the box where all of a sudden they have to go do an Excel spreadsheet about anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but maybe a mind map would give them some structure and they can use their creativity. And so they're they're actively seeking that. And then there is these, you know, very successful left-brainers, you know, who have that predominant, they have relied on those success skills of discipline and action and things like that. And they they start waking up and realizing that there's something missing in their life. And sometimes they don't even know what it is, but they just know they're, they're not happy <laughs> with the way yeah. that, they've been doing things and they're, they're craving something else. And so they're, they're usually the first ones to say, Oh God, but I'm not creative. 
you know, I can't do that. I'm not creative. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I do in all my workshops and retreats is we do um, a canvas paint painting, and it's like an intuitive painting where you can't get it wrong, you know. And um, people, most people are scared to death when they start, but that creative process of just throughout the day, we'll go, we'll do some coaching, we'll put a layer of paint on and let it dry, and then we'll go do some coaching, we come back, you know, we'll put some rubber stamps on or something. And we just do this throughout the day, and they'll see how it, they learn about themselves, they learn about their perfectionist tendencies, they'll learn about letting go, and they'll start having fun, and they'll see how it loosens up their brains, you know, and it loosens up that ideas, the ideas and the confidence. Yeah. And then they start getting converted. You know, they start saying, gosh, I want a little more of that, and a little more, and a little more. And, I mean, I have amazing clients who, you know, started out, I can think of one in particular, and she's a writer, and she mostly comes from her left brain. You know, she's very soulful in her writing, but, you know, she's very structured. And mm-hmm. the, painting thing, the painting thing was so hard for her, but it's like each time she's come to a retreat, you know, she opens up a little more, opens up a little more, opens up a little more, and now she just laughs, you know, and she loves life, and she's full of joy. Yeah. And, um, it has brought a whole new sense of, you know, what her vision really is all about in her life and in her business. You know, it's a much more fuller concept than just yeah. let me put my head down and try to make as much money as possible right this minute. The two can go hand in hand. And how, how do they go hand in hand? How uh, What kinds of examples can you give us of people that you've worked with? Because, you know, there's some lefties out there, left-brainers that are, thinking, listening to this, this sounds all just wonderful, but show me the money. Does this actually, does this actually work in our economy? Does it actually prove out? And what I'm, what I'm sensing is it probably might even actually work better than <laughs> the way that everybody has been doing it. Is that your yeah. uh, experience? Yes. Well, the, you know, the more that you open up your creative thinking, and um, your creative expression, then, you know, it directly leads in multiple ways to making more money. You know, part of it is that, um, like we were talking about, you know, the more you open up your creative expression means that you're going to be more interesting when you give that speech, you know, that you're going to be more engaging, that um, that article, you're going to have this really interesting idea that came to you today when you were writing in your journal or playing with those markers and you're going to use that in your article. So it makes it more profitable because you are, somebody's opening your email because they like the creativity, the creative expression that you're having. Um, creativity shows up in solutions. You know, that if you're, if you're shut down and hating life or you're just really busy and you have your nose to the grindstone and you're not, um, you know, enjoying life, I mean, that only goes so far. You get tired, you get exhausted, you start having all sorts of pains and illnesses and things like that. You know, but when you're enjoying mm-hmm. what you're doing, um, you know, then you're more likely to um, come up with ideas that people get behind and that you're excited about. And, you know, same thing, just what you asked me that very first question, you know, what are you excited about today to get up out of bed? That's creativity in action, you know, joy in action. Yeah. You know, some people might be listening to you now and meeting you for the first time going, well, how can I trust her? And I'll take the pressure off of you and uh, <laughs> everybody, all present company, 
and just point you guys to a little thing called Google or any Silicon Valley company right now. And all a lot of the things have turned into cliches, free food, uh, you know, uh, they'll rotate your tires while you're at work, uh, daycare, bring your dog to work, uh, bouncy kid toys in a group of adults, young adults, but still you're adults and you have slides to go from one conference room to another. This is proven in the real world. That's the, one of the biggest companies on the planet, Google, and then all of the other tech companies have followed suit. There, there clearly is not just a, it's not a kitschy thing. It's not a, you know, just because we want to attract really brilliant but childish thinking people to our company, I think that they got onto this really early on and realized that what you're saying is absolutely true, that they get better employees, there's a better work environment, and however that takes shape, it might be silly or funny to us looking from the outside, but it doesn't matter what shape it takes, it's that they really realized early on that they're going to get a lot more and it's going to help build what became one of the biggest companies in the world. You really can't argue with that success. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It's, um, you know, when you are having to move so quickly, you know, like Google is kind of the prime example, but all of our companies, you know, we're having to keep up with the times and new technology and new ideas or even, um, you know, what sold last six months ago doesn't sell today. You've got to keep yourself nimble and flexible in your thinking, flexible in your willingness to change what you're doing now and be willing to do something a little different uh, or a lot different. And so that creativity, whether it's, yeah, having a basketball hoop in your office or bringing out the markers or just telling, you know, giving yourself permission to do a little something creative every day can totally, you know, change you so that you can keep up with the pressures that are coming up today, you know, with being able to change and, you know, have to be so flexible. Yeah. Well, and we all, as I can attest, tend to, our bodies tend to want to lean toward the hardening. Flexibility, your mind, everything else starts to want, if it's not nurtured, you lose it and it starts to right. harden. And it's harder to come up with those brilliant ideas if you let yourself go. You have to be always expansive, always stretching physically, literally, because you start to turn into a board the older you get if you don't. I think a lot of people are realizing that. A lot more people are going to end up being a lot more flexible in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s than they were formerly just because life itself is changing on this planet. And it's not just the way we do our business. You know, we're accelerating everything. Like Moore's Law, we'll be, you know, we took computers from entire buildings down to the palm of our hand. That also, I think, works in human development. I think we're evolving as a species faster. Just everything is Moore's Lawing everywhere around us. And it can be really exciting, but it can be very, very scary for people who are resistant to it. Like, whoa, <laughs> it's too much. Like people who don't like roller coasters who could, who currently now find themselves at the top of a roller coaster, the worst one in the world, with the biggest drop. In the <laughs> you know, I right. imagine it can be pretty scary for people. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think the, the world is scary for a lot of people, you know, with so many, uh, just so much, so much shifting and so much happening that it just it it does become overwhelming. And again, I think you know, just going back to the phenomenon of the adult coloring book, you know, that is such a simplistic, um, simple thing that you can do, you know, to create some mindfulness uh, in that moment that relaxes your nervous system and that loosens up 
your creative thinking and your confidence and, you know, has you be more resourceful. So it's, yeah, I mean, what you're talking about I think is, you know, you, you have a choice. You know, we're living longer and you can decide, am I going to let that hard thing happen or am I going to keep my mind, you know, flexible and creative and do Sudoku puzzles, you know. I mean, that's another phenomenon yeah. that is so popular that is keeping our mind agile. And I think that's the same thing that's happening with the creativity. It's ways of keeping our mind more agile so that we can deal with all of the different technologies and, uh, you know, come up with more ideas and keep keep growing in our lives and in our businesses. Yeah. It's really exciting. I mean, all the tools for us to enjoy our uh, lives, our businesses, and have our businesses at Directions University, we're always uh, – we really only want to work with people who – are really wanting to inject their passion in their business and they want to have them both in the same room. Like, that reject the idea of I'll do whatever it takes to make money and then when I'm free, which never happens because when you do whatever it takes to make money, it tends to want to take up your entire life and therefore your family suffers, you suffer, everything. So it doesn't work from the very beginning, but, they, but we just wanted to work with people who understood that their passion can actually be in your business, that – what you do for business actually also has a direct tie to the good that you do in the world for your out, outer fulfillment, helping others, helping the planet, whatever, and also having the life that you want. So we always have people design their their life first. And when we do a hub seat, we, we tell people, uh, we'll get to the business later, tell me what your ideal day, your perfect day would be like. And, and intersperse in there anywhere that you think work ought to be and this ephemeral thing, not anything specific, but work, what, when would you talk to a client, when would you whatever, but I want your perfect day, and we really sit there. We don't let them go. We don't, we don't gloss over it or anything. We, don't, we make them sit there, and when the left brains get into that situation, it can be interesting to watch <laughs> because right. they are fighting it the whole time. They're like, I, my perfect day is work all the time. They'll, they'll just, all they want to talk about is the work. I'm like, this is not your per- – I mean, what do you – what are you going to drink in the morning for breakfast? What are you going to live next to a beach and walk on the beach or ride your horse or, you know? And they just figuratively, because this all happens on a webinar, look at us like we're crazy. I, mean, I thought I was coming here for business advice. I thought I was trying to build a bit, you know. And we love to do that because it's like a real rush. We do it gently so people don't feel pressured because there's a lot of other people watching um, during this. Uh, the motivation of profit members and. They're all getting something out of it because people always ask questions they'd never even thought to ask. It helps their business too, just to come in and participate in somebody else's hug seat. And it's just, it's a wild process. So then yeah. we get it so that they understand that you're, you're, here's your life. If that's your perfect ideal day, then now we have to build a whole different business than you ever thought you were going to build because now the business has to work around that core. You didn't put your business at the core and have life work around it. You put your life at the core and have your business work around that and support that. It includes your passions and your loves and the things that you want to do, the nonprofit stuff, charity, everything. And people just love it. I assume you probably do stuff like that yourself with, with people that you work with. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's, um, you know, it's such a different model that I know when I went through college, you know, it was a very different model. You know, you were kind of with your career and, you know, life was kind of built around that. And that's not how it is anymore. You know, it's, I think we've realized life is just too precious. And so you want to build around your values and passions and, 
and um, you know, yeah, what you want to, how you want to spend your breakfast, and where you want to spend it, and what you want that to be like. Um, and absolutely, I do a lot of um, transformational, experiential type of retreats and workshops, and where they get to experience it, you know, in their body, you know, doing things and um, opening up in different ways. Um, you know, doing guided visualizations, for example, you know, something just to take them to another experience so that they get permission to dream in a way that maybe they've never dreamed before. And then that just starts opening yeah. up. It's like a can opener, you know, to open just what you're doing, you know, it starts opening up these bigger possibilities that maybe they didn't give themselves permission uh, before to pursue. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this some little ornery part of me loves doing that to people who are, <laughs> not two, but four. Really, it is a service to them, but it feels right. like I'm torturing them for a minute. You know, like, oh God, I can't ask this guy this thing. He is totally not ready for it. But when is he going to be ready? This is just an exercise. Let's do it. Let's right. go. Let's see what we can do. Well, and you're, sometimes you're like it gets a little the, um, interesting. <laughs> you're like you're like me with the um, the person who. Did we lose you? Hold on, guys. Not sure if we're still connected. One moment while we try to get it back online. Wish we had music. We definitely lost her. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening in, Gina. Mm-hmm. What do you think about our rousing discussion so far? It's been awesome. As you know, you and I had this major aha last year, December 26th to be precise, when we realized that every year we set out our goals for what we were going to do in business and life kind of got the leftovers of whatever time we had left over. And it wasn't until yep. December 26th of last year that we realized, holy cow, that's not ever going to let us get the life we really want, that we really needed to design it in the opposite order, starting with what is the vision for life, first and foremost? What is our vision for the difference we want to make and the good we want to do in the world? And then build the plan for a business that supports the first two. And wow, it completely changed how we looked at business, didn't it? Absolutely. And it didn't change how we looked at it. It changed what we got out of it and what actually material, materially manifested so far this year. I guess we're coming up on the anniversary of that, actually. But uh, we've done different things this year because of that than we've ever done before. I mean, it's really actually manifested differently. Sales and directions for the business and Really, everything materially changed from just that exercise. Really did, and I think we have Laura back. Yes, I'm back. Sorry, I got popped off the call. <laughs> Quite all right. I'm glad we got you back. Yeah, I'm glad. And, you know, I love what you guys are talking about, um, that it is amazing when you put your non-negotiables with your life, you know, your values, your passions, and what's important to you um, first. It is amazing how all of a sudden – how you want to run your business or the ideas that you say yes to or the ideas you say no to all of a sudden become really clear.
Absolutely, and I had muted myself. <laughs> I'm back. A little bit of communication problems today. So where do we go from here? What would you like to talk about? What was the thing that you thought you were going to talk about today that I know you we haven't yet? <laughs> uh, well, I thought we were going to talk about creativity and passion and how that, you know, how that actually, I love how you're, you know, you broke around to how that increases the bottom line ultimately. Um, you know, one of the, you know, I know a lot of um, people who are in these, you know, kind of purpose-driven type businesses, um, you know, are packaging expertise in a way that allows them to bring their creativity and passions, you know, to the world. Um, and so I think that's a, a place in particular that we're just moving more toward, you know, as we're doing the exercises like you're talking about, you know, where we're putting that in our life first, that we're actually then turning that into a business, you know, where we help other people make their life better in some way, you know. Um, you know, and I think, you know, seeing all the – like I'm sensing a lot of health coaches and, and things like that. People are putting things into the world where they're making people's lives better and they're making a difference uh, people's lives. Yeah. I like people who just fall into it. My cousin has always been a massage therapist all her life, and she's a partner in a, a company here locally. Um, and But it's very small. It's a very small community, and there's only so many people who could possibly – be within the driving radius for the yoga and the massage and everything else that they do at their at their shop and uh but they absolutely insist on going on a Belize trip every year. And I always look from a left brain thing like there's no way you guys can afford this thing. I I know other people are paying for it and it it, it helps you guys go on the trip and everything else, but it's such a small shop. There's a population the the metro population here is just under 40,000. So it to me just doesn't seem, but they just, that's what they want to do. And that, that's how they want to uh, do their business. And, and every year they have to go to Belize to this yoga retreat thing that refreshes and inspires them and does all these great things. And they take uh, an ever bigger group with them, which helps to, uh, I'm sure, finance it. Um, I've never gotten down with the, the, uh, the money details of all of that with her. But I just watch from the outside and marvel at, people doing what they really want to do in an uncompromising fashion. This is just how we're going to do it. I could totally see this in a yoga in a in a in a, a, a place like this in Chicago because you'd have enough business that the money, the numbers would match up. I don't know how they're doing it, but it just goes to show you can do anything you want uh, <laughs> if if you don't compromise on what it is that you want and you know what you want. Yes. You know, and I and I think of what we're realizing is valuable is that there's the intangible part that's valuable that is, you know, their emotion, their uh, excitement that company. Yeah. So we've accomplished it. You know, well, we don't have an amazing trip together every year, you know. They uh, make you more, make you more excited in your life around that company or doing or working a little bit of extra or uh, so I think we're losing you again. It sounds really, really choppy. You might want to call back in or check now and see if we've got you back. All right. Can you hear me now? Yes, much clearer. It was just dropping out. It sounded voipy there for a second. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I said something really, really brilliant. 
I'm sorry you missed it. Of course. That's when it always happens. That's when technology lets us down. Our million-dollar idea is – go for it. Say it again. We didn't hear it. Um, what I was saying is that um, lots of times that's the immeasurables. You know, when you have a company who does things like that, that, you know, you can't do one plus one equals two, it's it's really invaluable because it's the loyalty that they, that they get, you know, going on that kind of trip or – the sense of camaraderie and connection will have them want to go further and really um, take care of that client in a little extra way or stay and work overtime to help when time gets crunched or something like that. And, you know, those are mm-hmm. priceless. You know, you can't, you can't always put that on the bottom line. Well, we were born in a world where bottom line was all that mattered, that the numbers on Wall Street, um, investors, uh the old way to do business plans and to do business. I mean, that was the world we were born into and largely everybody. Nobody's escaped that yet. Uh, We are still, a kid born today is still born into that world and it's got this new idea that one plus one equals banana. There's people out there (laughs) saying weird stuff about things that we were told it only matters that you put something out and you get something back and on a monetary level only, an economic level only, does any of the stuff that you do matter. And that's that wholesale rejection, I think, that we're having of that whole idea among people that one plus one equals banana, and that also works out economically. Like, it just has to because we want it to, because we need it to, because it just has to. And people are, like, getting a lot of courage to just say, and more and more businesses, and the millennials just take to this, like, fish and water. I mean, I think... Those guys don't have any resistance to this stuff, or very, very little. Um, and, you know, they know that they can go to college and, and hear something and then just not maybe not reject it but modify it, that they have the permission to do that. When I went to college, I, wasn't, I didn't have the mindset that I could reject anything that I was being taught because <laughs> those guys were right. the authorities, they were the experts, they had books and, you know, peace prizes and crap like that. How, how could I argue? And I, so now I have to come out and do it exactly the way they say I don't think people feel that way anymore. No, I don't think so. You know, now they they look at it and they question. And and because they're because it's a different world. You know, I have a, a son in college, you know, and you say something and he'll be like, "No, it's not." And he'll look it up on Google or ask, you know, my middle schooler asked Siri. You know, Siri is like the the tutor for all of middle school. I don't know if you know that, but <laughs> she tutors <laughs> all of the middle school kids everywhere. <laughs> they ask her yeah. all the answers. But the fact that everything is so accessible and it's so open, you know, open source, that um, those rules just don't mean anything because they have access themselves directly to other information and at a quicker speed. So they don't need those authority figures to filter things in. So I think that's why we're seeing the surge in creativity and um, being able to foster those skills because those skills definitely were not learned, (laughs) you know, when I grew up in school where it was, you know, walking the the line in school and, you know, be quiet and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, now it's a much more collaborative, you know, type of environment, you know, learning environment. So we're uh-huh. definitely seeing it, seeing it all the way through. What must, it, what must it be like for a college professor nowadays? I think I need to go audit a class somewhere just to see what it's like to teach one when you know that everybody can just, everybody's got Google loaded up. Everybody's got yeah. all the information that the world has put out at their fingertips. I mean, it's just... The day that that dynamic change must have been a, a monumental thing among yes. all the professors, all the teachers, all the authority figures who realized that 
we can look that up, what you just said, dude. Yeah. <laughs> we totally yeah. have just looked it up, and it doesn't match with what you just said. Right, that, right. I don't even know what that looks like for them. Yeah, you know, I just had a um, college professor in one of my retreats, and she was talking about how frustrating it is. She just left, actually, her, her job and started her own business. And she said it, it's so frustrating because they're all sitting behind computers, they're all sitting with their phones, and they all have their head down. And so even the dynamic is, is so different, you mm-hmm. know. And she said to try to get interaction is, is so much different just because they already are, you know, on their computers and, and they, they're multitasking and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's very – so I think we're going to see a huge shift in a lot of the teaching methods. You know, again, we're another area we're creating, really bringing in more experiential learning methods because that's the stuff they can't get. They can get knowledge now anywhere yeah. on Google, but they're not getting the experiential. You know, how do they apply it? Good point. How do they do it? Yeah, good point. I imagine that uh, transformation started uh, uh, much sooner than, you know, <laughs> we think because the Internet just really began to change things, the fabric of things more rapidly, I would think, in a, in a learning environment the most, an adult learning environment where, you know, you're not restricted from all the information. And mm-hmm. I kind of remember that there were some red herrings thrown up by universities right when all of this started that you weren't able to, we are not going to give you all the access on this uh, Wi-Fi or on this channel because of other things. I have to wonder now if those things were just red herrings and it was because if you can get the information we're making you pay for right now <laughs> for free out right. there, you're going to wise up and you're going to drop out of college. I mean, I'm a, you know, yeah. I'm just totally spouting, but it so makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, at a younger level, you know, they have security, you know, all those kind of things. But now it's, you know, it used to be my kids couldn't bring their cell phones to school. Now it's uh, BYOD. It's bring your own device. And they all have to bring their devices because they're allowed to listen to music while they're taking tests. They're, you know, allowed to access, you know, Google and different resources within the the school. And, in fact, they need that. Um, But, you know, I think we're seeing that transfer to online learning as well because, you know, I know when I started 15 years ago doing online training, everybody wanted information. It was like information products. And the more information, the bigger your mind was, the better, you know, kind of thing. And now that's not, mm-hmm. what people want, not what people want. They can access information all over the place. They want to know what to do with it. You know, how do they use it? And I think those are, you know, that's what's, um, you know, being more thought after is how do we actually get things done and how do we use this information instead of just learning you know, because we can get that anywhere. Well, here's another example of the creativity we talked about earlier, creativity in business and how important that is. Um, Now I just lost his um, name, Con School or something like that, the math guy that got on YouTube and just started giving away uh, math training. And and he got got really, really huge, and, and it was like open source learning. And how, what an effect that must have had on uh, universities who would like to have taught kids, <laughs> you know, for a fee, uh, all the stuff he was giving away, and how disruptive that was at the time. I think it's con something, but mm-hmm. the guy we just got world global famous, and everybody still gets on and, and checks. And now he's he's been sort of acquired um, with the dream intact, but acquired and and sponsored and everything like that. 
But uh, and it was a whole new model, open source learning, where people can actually um, get credit, literal credit, where they could go in for job interviews and things, and um, and say, you know, I did this thing. It's not traditional. It's not you know Yale or something. But that employers are actually giving it as much or even more credit uh, on their resumes than the traditional ways. And you have to be creative in that environment, you know, because yeah. everything's changing. And universities are now getting extremely creative in order to save themselves. Like the record industry had to get very creative when uh, their disruption came. And so this stuff is really important. It's not just a – what you do is not – a neat way to do it to 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 satisfy the needs of certain kinds of people. It, I think it's just crucial. I think what you do is crucial to everyone, whether you're right or left brain creative or, you know, by the numbers uh, type A, type B. I think everybody needs to learn this lesson and take it to heart and seek out help from people like you to expand their horizons because it isn't just a choice that somebody would make. And both people starting the exact same business, doing it the old way and doing it the new way, are going to have similar experiences. I really don't believe that that's true. I, I believe that the person doing the old stuff, the black and white, flat earth stuff, is going to suffer. And the one who's doing it your way or the creative way is going to flourish and actually do better on the bottom line, even in their books. They're just going to be a bigger, better business. Is that how you feel about it? <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> what a fantastic um, testimony to the power of creativity and creative thinking. Um, you've got it right, exactly that. That it's um, those those things. It's not a. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? To be more creative. You know, wouldn't that be nice to you know take a, an art class, or wouldn't it be nice to kind of think out of the box? It's becoming imperative. I mean, it's becoming the thing, you know, you look at indust- whole industries, you know, like the taxi industry that has totally been disrupted by Uber. You know, if they just sit around in, in the box together complaining, they're all going to go out of business, you know. But if they right. start look- looking at unique and creative ways, you know, again, it's where the creativity thinking. And it's where, you know, even letting go of old ways is creative. You know, that's part of the process of letting old things die as well as embracing mm-hmm. the new. So you got to make you know in order to get the new you got to let old stuff die and I think half the time that's the harder of the two is you know letting the old thing that you kind of relied on even though it's not working anymore letting that go being willing to let it go and then embracing you know then you'll find the new the new ideas the new way the new way to say it the new way to present it. Everybody can come into your sphere of influence at joyfulbusiness.com. That's where everybody needs to go check out what Laura West is up to. And I knew Gina was coming. I knew you were coming. (laughs) I'm so glad. So any final thoughts, Laura? You know, just I love – this has just been a great conversation, and um, it's really fun. And – you know, I just really encourage everybody to go out and, you know, do a little something creative every day. You know, even if it's, you know, going out in your garden, if it's opening a page of a book you've never read, going into a store you've never gone, or driving a different way, you know, to work in the morning, um, doing something just a little bit different to kind of shake things up will start shaking up your creativity and will probably bring new ideas and do um, different ways of looking at things um, to you. So that would be a great place to start. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Laura. This has been an 
awesome, awesome show. And we will be back next week, same time, same place, with another episode of Traffic Masters. Have a great week, everybody. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters. From traffic to conversion to business success.